For the longest time, I was the dog who sat on the nail. There's a story of a farmer who had a dog who would cry and bark and complain all day, right? The neighbor of the farmer would come by and ask, why does your dog keep barking? Why does it keep crying? Why does it keep complaining? And the farmer informed his neighbor, he's sitting on a nail and he won't get off of it. So the neighbor, of course, is thinking, well, this is common sense. Why won't he just get up off the nail and move on? And the farmer explained that the dog understands how much the nail hurts. It's, it's uncomfortable, but he'll cry and he'll complain, but it's not, it's not painful enough for him to make a shift. That was me. I got comfortable with complaining about the process. I got comfortable complaining about, you know, day rates and trying to negotiate my value and articulating my, my self-worth and what I provided until one day I realized, hey, you know, what I'm doing is bigger than me. In order for me to serve and make the impact that I desire, I have to get off this nail and I have to establish some boundaries so that I never sit on the nail again. I make four times as much per client now than I did before. You're listening to the Build Your Vision podcast, a podcast series about maneuvering the ups and downs of building a life that you're proud of, captured in real time. A community where dreamers become doers and doers become world changers. Let's go. Yo, what's up, what's up? This is the Build Your Vision podcast, the number one self-leadership podcast in the world for visionaries who are serious, not just curious about building a life and business they are proud of, helping you become the person who can build the thing. Hey, I'm Clee the Visionary. I'm your self-leadership coach. And it is my mission to lead you on the journey of becoming a visionpreneur. What is that? An individual who makes impact and income with their ideas, insights, and influence because someone needs what you are building. You know, one of the most common reasons I see visionaries living in a state of inaction or stagnation is because of one word, fear. But not just fear, something that has become a popular term called imposter syndrome. Now, this could be a fear of both failure or success. You find yourself saying things like, am I really capable of pulling that off? Or what if it works? What if I'm not ready to handle what's next? Will they really pay me that much? Am I worth that much? All these questions you are asking in your head are not uncommon, so you're not alone. I've had my own struggles with imposter syndrome, and I'm sure almost everybody has at some point. But you're not here to be common. You're here to be exceptional for the glory of God. You have to overcome imposter syndrome constantly if you want to build a life and business you're proud of, or else you'll be perpetually stuck at levels you know are beneath your potential. But how do you overcome this as a visionpreneur? How do you define your value as a visionpreneur is the question, not just to others, but to yourself first. I brought Evan Marcel on the show today to help us answer that question. Now, if you're an OG, you've heard Evan's voice before. He was on an episode. He was on an episode back in, when was that, like 2019, 2020? It was called How to Lead the 9 to 5 and Thrive. That's a great episode. You can search it on buildyourvisionpodcast.com if you want to check it out. Well, I got him back on the show, and actually, we kind of came on this by accident. But he dropped some gems when it comes to this topic of defining your value. Evan is the creative director and founder of The Rare Perspective, a strategic storytelling agency that specializes in video production. Evan shares his experience of defining his value as a visionpreneur and helps us answer this dilemma in a very practical sense. Now, of course, you want to value yourself in Christ, right? Of course, you need to have the right self-esteem, the right mindset about yourself in order for any of this to be viable. But a lot of people have heard that type of material already, and I'm counting that you have already done the work for yourself to take care of that. If not, we'll have to address it in another episode. But this is stuff that you can actually do. 
This is stuff that you can actually do externally, not just internally. And it has resulted for Evan quadrupling his revenue per client and has given him more purpose and a more fulfilling life. I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Now, heads up, we had some technical difficulties during the recording process. So we had to unplug Evan's mic and he had to like, use some Bluetooth headphones. So the audio quality isn't going to be quite as high as you're used to hearing on this show. Uh, but if you can get past the, the kind of messy sound, you're going to really love this episode. You can hear Evan clearly. It's just not the best quality. So that's just a heads up so that your ears aren't shocked. Let's get into it. What has transpired in your vision building journey, I would say from a professional standpoint, let's start there first. I would say I've acquired the courage to be disliked. Mm-hmm. It's actually a book that's back on my shelf here. It was recommended by a mentor of mine, but um, realizing that my creative voice is what makes me bespoke and unique to the marketplace and anchoring on that before, you know, as a result of imposter syndrome, where I'm not even sure what the perception was three and a half years ago, but I was battling imposter syndrome. The fact that I thought that I wasn't good enough despite the receipts, mm-hmm. but it wasn't until I realized that I had to go all in on what makes the rare perspective and what makes Evan Marcel who he is and who they are. That's when everything shifted. That's when I started to establish boundaries that allowed me to create and make the transformation and impact that I'm making for those that I serve now. But until that happened, until I hired a therapist, didn't have a therapist when we first spoke. Um, yeah. Man, everything changed after that. That was the pivotal shift. It was being able to trust myself, trusting the resources, the frameworks that I use. I mean, the business as a whole is completely different because we worked together to unpack a better solution that'll get them results that they're looking for, not only faster, but consistently, because um, it speaks the language of those they serve. So everything's changed to be completely transparent. That's awesome, man. So Blair N says that limited variance in process produces limited variance in outcome. So one thing that I've been growing in is producing consistent outcomes for those that I serve, but it's a byproduct of having a consistent process and framework. So I think that with your business, the less things that change client to client, and as you continue to develop deep expertise in your coaching, um, you'll be able to have those case studies and you'll have the proof of concept where you can probably 10x your rate. You know? Yeah. So like when you're when you're doing your outcome, are you going in from that approach? Like this is going to be the successful outcome or do you go from a more diagnostic approach where the client is determining or you guys are collectively determining the outcome and then therefore you adjust success off of that? I would say first to understand who it is that you're speaking to. So we would have to build out the attributes of your brand, your tone, your voice, your feeling, your impact, your X factor, what makes you unique in the marketplace. And this is for your ideal, you know, target audience. From there, we would then shape that out into the customer profiles, identify the needs that those that those listeners have, and then match them with the solutions that you provide through your podcast and through the different resources and touch points that you have in your digital footprint. Mm-hmm. And from there, we're able to start scaffolding and translating this information into content. Because what you have here is more than a podcast. You're providing solutions you're providing resources and you're providing accessibility to networks beyond the scope mm-hmm. of those that are listening, right? If you follow my Instagram, you know that I yeah. fish as often as I can. <laughs> uh, but here's the thing. A lot of people think that fishing is boring and it's dry, but most more often than not, most people who don't catch fish are simply in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. So I'm convinced that if you look at the body of water as a 100% circle, 
80% of the fish are in 20% of a location of that body. Absolutely. So if you're fishing in the 80% of that body of water, which we call the marketplace, where none of the fish are, then you're going to struggle to reach those goals. So we have to figure out where you need to be fishing. Yeah. And we need to figure out what the environment ecosystem looks like for those that you're trying to lure and hook with all the goodness that you share here. Yeah. And once we can unpack that and kind of refine that, uh, you'll know exactly what to cast each and every time to continue reeling in those that you're trying to serve. Yeah. That's how I would work it out. But you, you're kind of telling me what the desired outcome is. And I'm showing you by asking you questions, how to get there. I see. I see exactly. I did an episode with Kirk Nugent a few weeks ago. Right. And we talked about this concept when it came to niching down called layering. You aren't narrowing down, you are layering on so that you go deeper with your clients, not narrower with your clients. So instead of me saying, oh, I can only talk to 37-year-olds in this area who have one child and want to build an online business, you're saying, I want to help people build online businesses. And it's like, well, I like to help people build online businesses and I have a passion for lacrosse. I want to help people build online businesses. I, I have a passion for lacrosse and I'm a Christian. And like by you like layering on top of these things that God has uniquely designed you to be, you are automatically narrowing down who you are going to resonate with based on. Because lots of times we just don't talk about those things. We just completely eradicate them from our from our being. But by leaning into them, you are able to repel those who aren't for you and then attract those who are. So... In this stage, it has been, okay, here's what I'm building, but here's what's making me money. (laughs) So it's like, okay, how do I utilize a podcast to make sure that I'm on track with what God is calling me to do with the show? But also it's like the marketplace is telling me it needs this right now and I'm trying to deliver. I think I'm just starting to get to the point where I'm able to effectively live in both spaces and still add proper value to both areas without neglecting one or the other. Do you happen to follow Chris Doe by chance? Absolutely. Of the future? Okay. He's like the godfather of all things creative right now. He introduced me to a concept called the Ikigai model. And this is something that I'm personally trying to develop in my life. Are you familiar with? No, I don't think so. So it's a Japanese construct or framework where it aligns Four key areas of your life, things that you love, things that you're good at, um, things that you get paid for and things that the world needs. And the intersection of these four areas, they cross over your passion, your mission, uh, things that are considered a vocation in your profession. But in the center, it all looks like a wheel, right? These intersecting wheels in the center is where your purpose lies. And when you can find the intersections in this Ikigai model, um, that's where you're getting paid to do things that you love, that make a difference, that fulfill you. Um, and it's not easy to do, but it's something that's constantly worth pursuing. I, I forgot the name of the gentleman, but he talks about how if you could only have three things written on your gravestone that describe the impact that you make, what would they be? And that often helps people identify uh, where they want to move. But layering is a great approach. Uh, but at the same time, there are riches in the niches. Mm-hmm. So I think... Um, the more that you can develop pattern recognition in the layers that you've developed, uh, the, the more dangerous you'll be in a yeah. different course. Yeah. And that's what I really am trying to do. Like almost like 
pattern recognition to the point where you see a visual or you hear a word, you automatically like think of me because I've I've ingrained it into my brand so much that in your subconscious you now associate certain things with my likeness. Yeah. Not 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 only with recollection and recall for your brand, but your ability to recognize patterns in the needs of those that you're serving. Oh. So once you once you've run into enough individuals who are Christians that play lacrosse mm. who are building businesses, after you've seen a certain situation where maybe people have they're struggling with uh with retention or they're struggling with conversions, and you've seen that situation or that problem enough times, you're able to solve it faster than everybody else, which means that you're providing greater value. Yeah. You're also the you're able to solve it with greater attention to detail, yeah. Uh, which means that you're solving it at a higher rate and a higher level. And you're also more likely to get more referrals from that individual. So pattern recognition goes both ways. Yeah. Wow. That's huge. You're right. Man, That that's something that I think a lot of people can hold on to. Even when I think about like the ministry of Jesus, right? You see him in the same type of situation, providing the same type of value over and over again. He and I did I did I think I I did do an episode on this. I did actually on YouTube live where I talked about even Jesus stayed in his lane. And I was like, Jesus could have been out here leading praise and worship if he wanted to. But he knew that he was called to the ministry of healing and teaching. And he did that over and over and over again, going to different areas, finding the same type of problems. And eventually you couldn't go anywhere without a crowd mobbing him. Mm-hmm. trying to get that value that he provided. So I think there's so many parallels that we see in, in, the, in the Bible when it comes to business, communication skills, relationship skills, all this stuff. Yeah, man. I want to ask you this. What has been the biggest challenge? All right. So with the rare perspective, it's just the fact that for the clients that I serve or served, me making a diagnostic and making the discovery process a requirement to work with me it it wasn't like something that I was just like, hey, yeah, you know, we do this ten to twenty thousand um, dollar diagnostic before we even begin filming. That didn't just go over well, you know. Um, it also weaned out a lot of individuals because that's often the cost of a project in and of itself. And now I'm telling people, hey, um, we want to make sure that we're serving you best because we like long term relationships. And instead of me giving you something that's going to go viral for two or three weeks, I want to give you something that's going to return investment for the next at least two to three years. Um, so that was a run. That was a big run. Wow. Right. Okay. I, I do. I do want to lean into what you just said a little bit. Your diagnostic process. I didn't know that. I didn't know that it was essentially the cost of, of a project within itself. When it came to you expressing that value. Now, you said you started doing therapy. And of course, that all alludes to your growth in your mindset, right? What type of mindset shifts have you experienced that was able, because in order for you to convey that value to your client, you all have to be able to convey that value to yourself first. How were you, what was that process like of getting to that point? We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, you know what the best part about school was? No, it definitely wasn't algebra. The best thing about school was your classmates. Your classmates, the people you went to school with, made going to school way more enjoyable. But the sad part is we're all going through this school of life and we're trying to do it alone. 
That is why I made a community for the Build Your Vision podcast called Visionpreneur School. This is a community for like-minded visionaries who want to make impact and income with their ideas, insights, and influence. We have a Build Your Vision clarity course in there. We have live Q&A vision support calls every single week where you get to actually be in the room with other visionaries. And there are plenty of other classes on the way. You definitely want to be a part of this community because you do not want to go through this school life by yourself click the link in the description below and did i mention it's free pretty much two object lessons for a for the longest time i was the dog who sat on the nail and what i mean by that is there's a story of a farmer who had a dog who would cry and bark and complain all day right the neighbor of the farmer will come by and ask why does your dog keep barking why does he keep crying why does he keep complaining and the farmer informed his neighbor He's sitting on a nail and he won't get off of it. So the neighbor, of course, is thinking, well, this is common sense. Why won't he just get up off the nail and move on? And the farmer explained that the dog understands how much the nail hurts. He's comfortable with the pain. It's, it's uncomfortable, but he'll cry and he'll complain. But it's not, it's not painful enough for him to make a shift. That was me. I got comfortable with complaining about the process. I got comfortable complaining about, you know, day rates and try to negotiate my value and articulating my, my self-worth and what I provided to, until one day I realized, hey, you know, what I'm doing is bigger than me. In order for me to serve and make the impact that I desire, I have to get off this nail and I have to establish some boundaries so that I never sit on the nail again. That's when I picked up books like The Win Without Pitching Manifesto by Blair Enns, uh, which really created a huge shift in my journey. The second part is that I had to become the man who loves to walk as opposed to the man who loves the destination. The man who loves the destination is only thinking about the results. He's only thinking about making profit. He's only thinking about being in certain spaces for, for the notoriety of it. But the man who loves to walk, the man who loves to walk, he embraces the journey. He, he embraces the highs and the lows, and he's aware of what's happening so that certain things don't recur. And things that do you know, require retention, good things will continue to happen. But until I, I had the therapist who helped me slow down, um, he helped me slow down and he helped me become more conscious, um, started asking myself more questions, more internal audits, um, develop greater empathy towards those that I serve. That's when everything changed. Wow, man. It's the walk, not the destination. Same thing with our faith. Yeah. We're also focused on making heaven our home. But what are we doing in between now and then? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And all the people we meet, all the spaces we enter, how are we optimizing that time to spread the gospel? That's where the walk comes in, right? It's a marathon. Yeah. If you sprint, you're going to miss all the good stuff. Yeah, exactly. So, okay, you you were able to get to this point in, in the rare perspective in your business where you had been emboldened in recognizing the value that you're providing and also the value that you can provide to others by establishing this process. What was the original reaction and how did you deal with those growing pains? Oh, bro, I didn't get a single job for strategy um, that was paid until April. I started this in January of this year. I went three months without a check. So it wasn't easy. I could have marketed it better. Still worked on the imposter syndrome earlier in the year. But um it was, it was definitely difficult. I filmed a few case studies and I would use that for my internal marketing to prospective clients. Um, 
And that allowed me to provide proof of concept showing the return on investment over like a 90 day period. And then I started to get some traction in the marketplace. Yeah. I learned how to fish better, you know, started understanding where to target and also just having proof of concept that, that eased the transition the most, but I lost pretty much nine, 90% of my clientele. And I had to be okay with that because if I stayed there, I would have been, you know, still sitting on the nail. Wow. Has it paid off? It definitely has. If we're looking at it just from a finance perspective, I make four times as much per client now than I did before. So that helps because I can work, I can spend less time with different clients and spend more time focusing on really nurturing those that I do serve. You develop a better relationship with those who you work with. Uh, It feels more like a partnership, almost like a family environment. Yeah. Um, But you have two cultures coming together. And then uh, also just from a fulfillment standpoint, I actually feel as though the, the clients that I do work with, and honestly, I don't work with more than like four, four or five clients at a time right now. I, I believe in the work that we're doing. Like you said, in layering, right? With the tip that Kirk provided. Mm-hmm. The clients that I attract are clients that often have fairly similar perspectives on life. And sometimes you get an outlier that stretches you. And it's kind of cool because you get to have these, you know, contrasting perspectives. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can produce something that's really great. It was a hard transition, but it was worth it. How do you think you've grown? as a visionary through this building process so far in your life? I think more long-term now. I definitely think more long-term. I think relationship-based instead of reaction-driven. There's certain things that you can do in the marketplace to trigger people to work with you. You can use fear or you can use, you know, scarcity or whatever, but I'm more so just focused on how can I genuinely help this person? Like I'd sell a lot more people know now than I did before. Like mm. you, you'll find that people will almost try to stronghold you into working with them. And as a result of focusing on the journey, I have hard boundaries on who I do and don't work with. And it allows me to stay focused. It allows me to remain as impactful as I can. And I refer people to other individuals. Uh, but when somebody's just looking for a one-off thing, or if I know that somebody's just in this for a quick turnaround and it's going to result in you know, either being almost manipulative in the marketplace. I I don't want any business with that. So I'm really focused on relationships and impact. That's been the biggest transition in establishing the boundaries required to make that happen. Yeah. Boundaries are everything. With that, like, what do you think helped you get to that point? And I kind of mean that in a financial sense, because there are some points where you're like, okay, I could say no to this person because I don't think it's the best fit or I could use this to build up to the next thing so that I could get to the point where I can say no. <laughs> like, you know, what I'm yeah. saying? And, I mean, sometimes you do have to do that, but you don't have to market that, you know, um, mm-hmm. you don't have to show that publicly. So if you need checks to get next month or whatever it may be, by all means, but I would clearly articulate expectations with the person you're working with. For example, you give somebody a discount because you need the work. Let them know what the original rate is. You know, like a lot of people share that advice, but um, that's another boundary that you can still like, this is for this interaction and this interaction only. Well, man, I always end, um, I think I'd be pretty sure we ended our last interview this way because I ask it almost every time. Yeah. You had a billboard. That is. And uh, you want everyone that drove by on earth to see it. What would be the message you would want it to say? Mm-hmm. 
It's not the same message as before. I don't even remember what that message was. I don't even recognize that version of myself. <laughs> That's what we want. That's what we the growth, man. Man, I guess they took that billboard down. Um, I think they changed the billboard to this. I, I can see the guy painting it now. It's definitely painted. It's not a, a, a digital sign. It would say, focus on decisions that have positive impacts long after you expire. It's, it's a lot on a, it's a lot to put on there, but I think if we get the right font and stuff, it, it'll, it'll fit. Wow. That's wisdom right there. That's wisdom. It didn't come from me. It came from up above. Wow. So three takeaways that I just want to share from this episode that I got for myself. The first one is focus on a specific area, right? And then most importantly, have a set process so that you have a greater pattern recognition and higher confidence in the expected results because you've been here done that before and you know how to get the best possible results because you're not having to come up with a customized plan each time i remember one time i was singing at this church and the minister of music was saying that she didn't remember a song that they played last year for the easter service and the pastor was saying don't you play it every year don't you remember it and she was saying well yeah i play it every year I only play it once a year. So I forget on the other 364 days during the year. It's the same thing with your process of serving people. If you only do that type of service every once in a while and you're trying to create stuff on the fly or customize every single thing, you're going to forget what worked in the other thing. But if you do the same thing every time working who you serve through a process that you have vetted, you can guarantee results way more, which increases your confidence, which just helps you define your value more certainly. All right, number two was the Christian walk and the business walk is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Don't make the mistake of running after the dollar and then setting your bar low. And the third one, you don't want to be the dog sitting on the nail. I don't know where you're listening to this, whether it's in your headphones, in the speakers, in your car, but raise your hand if you have ever been the dog sitting on the nail. I'm raising my hand right now. Complaining about what doesn't work, complaining about how you aren't properly valued, but yet not doing what it takes to actually get off the nail, change your strategy and value yourself accordingly, even though it might be hard. I want to encourage you to do that if you haven't already in your life and business. And remember, we talked about a business transaction here with the client, but this also has to do with your relationships. How are you valuing and defining your time, your relationships, your energy, all this stuff you need to put a price on because it is non-renewable. So those are my three takeaways. If you need or know someone who needs high quality strategic video storytelling for themselves or organization, Evan is your guy. Check out his work at the rare perspective dot com that's the rare perspective dot com the link will be in the show notes if you know someone that might need this episode share it with them and if you've been enjoying the show thus far leave a rating and review on apple Podcasts or spotify or you can do it at buildyourvisionpodcast.com i'll talk to you guys in the next one peace oh almost forgot you know i can't forget saying this keep building your vision every single day all right peace for real now Executive production by Cleavon Davis. Music production by Cleavon Davis and Christian Hernandez. Build Your Vision Podcast is a product of Build Your Vision LLC. 
Hey guys, Klee here. Thanks so much for listening to the Build Your Vision podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I would think you did if you stayed all the way to the end. The best thing that you could do to help support this show is by sharing it with somebody. By you just taking a few seconds to recommend this show to somebody, you are making a huge impact, not only on the success of this show, but possibly on that person's life.